Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 240th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're here with you guys today. It's been a while since we've last since we talked to you last. In reality, it's it's been only five days. The first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament have come to a close, and with that, more news has trickled out of the Carolina basketball program. One guy has committed to stay. One guy has entered the portal. We'll break down both of those decisions and so much more. But we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. We go to the GOAT, one of the GOATs of Carolina basketball. That is former head coach Roy Williams. And this one really applies to what we're talking about today. And that quote is, we've got to know that the name on the front of the jersey, North Carolina, is more important than the name on the back. And a guy that embodies that, and really reflects that in his everyday walk of life is Armando Baycott, a guy that is coming back for his fifth season. He made his announcement today via stadium saying, quote, it was the best decision for him right now and for his future. And this was something that I think we we all anticipated, um, mainly because I, and I still think his driving goal and focus is to win a national championship here and to hang a banner, but also because, you know, if we're being honest, as much as we love Mondo and everything he's done for this program, he's not an NBA player. And, you know, would you rather go overseas and start your professional journey or stay in college, continue your education, still earn money through NIL, and still have a chance to to win a national championship? And that's what he's going to have the opportunity to do. He's the first guy that we really suspected to to 
to have a chance to leave the program, announce he's coming back. Of course, we're still awaiting the decisions of R.J. Davis. We're still awaiting the decisions of Caleb Love. We both believe that R.J. will be back and Caleb Love will no longer be in Chapel Hill. But this is this is the first win of the offseason for for Hubert Davis and, and this this coaching staff for a program that right now is in a complete rebuild and is being overhauled, maybe from top to bottom. I mean, they may overhaul the playing surface at this point. There appears to be so many so many different things being changed right now on the court. Are they installing field turf? I mean, I really hope not because <laughs> they struggled on the basketball court. I couldn't imagine seeing them on the turf like the football team for crying out loud. And so this was something that, like, when I when I got the news, I actually jumped up and down and gave a little, a little Tiger Woods fist pump, because I've been tired of talking about players leaving, which we'll do a little bit later here. And this is a guy that, quite frankly, I didn't want to see leave. I understood if he if he did want to leave and move on, because maybe he was just mentally exhausted with the process. This was something that Leaky Black expressed last year in his decision to come back was that, you know, it took him a while because he didn't know if he could go through it a year with all the stuff that comes with being, you know, on the front porch of of, of, of the university, which is a basketball player. Armando Baycott's the face of the university with him being the face of Carolina basketball. But I think this is a guy that, you know, talked all year long that they weren't doing what they needed to do, and that's win. And win at the level that is not only – not only expected, but required. Like when you come here, you're required to win. If you don't win, you don't get you you don't leave here in good graces. And I don't think Armando Baycott was comfortable leaving with being a member of the team that was preseason number one and missed the tournament. I don't think that sit well with him. I think he wanted to come back and try to make amends for what went wrong this year and get back to the Final Four and try to win a national championship. And I think that, more than any other reason, is why he'll be back for a fifth year. Well, I mean, he he said as much, you know, in his statement that to Stadium that, look, man, I, this isn't how I wanted it to end. This is, you know, this was not the season that we envisioned. And, yeah, every, every single guy that came back last year said, look, we have one goal. And I truly believe that that's what he thought. It also makes a ton of sense. Man, we heard this dude earlier in the year literally say after winning a game in Madison Square Garden over Ohio State that he would die for this team, die for this program. Like, you, you, that, that's a guy that wants to go out on top. Now, do I, do I think that he's guaranteed to go out on top? If you would have asked me that question last year, I probably would have told you I feel pretty confident about that. Because of where that team was at, because of his mindset, I thought, okay, that was a team that was set up. Now, I don't know. that That's, if we're being honest, probably not going to happen. But I think it's very honorable on his part to say, look, man, we're coming off a season that is probably one of the most chaotic in program history. It's, you know, it's not down there with some of the other ones that we've seen in terms of record, but in terms of the storylines off the court, you know, it's definitely up there. And I think part of it is that he wants to help this program navigate a difficult time where there are uncertainties because he cares about the program. So that that's the thing that you should appreciate the most about him returning. And the other thing is, is that now – with all that Carolina is losing 
on the wings, this at least gives you something in the middle of the floor that you know is going to be there, something that Carolina had this year. My thing with him, you know, is, hey, all you know, if you stay healthy next year, you probably have the type of season that you had back in your junior year. And that's kind of where you need him to return to, and you're hoping that he can return to. But again, it all comes down to health because that was his biggest issue this year. His numbers dipped in in just about every category, and a large part of it was because he was not healthy for a majority of the season. He was playing through injuries, at least wasn't 100% for the majority of the season. So I, I, I think you you could not have asked for a much better situation than for him to return. I think if you couple R.J. Davis with that, which we're still kind of waiting on an official announcement from R.J. Davis, I think then you kind of have something to work with. Because right now, I I get it, you need to overhaul the program. That, that makes sense. But you do need a little bit of continuity here. You do need people that are familiar with Hubert Davis. You do need people that are familiar with the university, that care about the program overall. And having a guy like Armando Baycott, who really at this point is almost a poster child for that, probably in the last, you know, decade, it's probably him and Joel Berry in terms of guys that have been extremely vocal about how much they care about the basketball program and the university as a whole. You you, you know, you if you're a Toriel fan that is que- that that is questioning whether or not you should be excited about this, then you just need to pull your head out of your ass. It's that simple. Okay, I don't know if you got to go that that harsh. What what happens right here? What you have right now is you have the bridge. You have the guy that is is going to be the bridge between what Huber Davis inherited and what Huber Davis is bringing in, and I do think that is important. You, you know th- what. what whether it's it's good or bad that that Huber Davis is is purging this roster and guys are leaving, I don't know. But I'm with you. I think you still need to have some people that that are here, that are around, that know what it what is expected, what is required, and also can tell you how much fun it is whenever things are going well. Because when things are go were going well for Armando Baycott, I mean, he was being celebrated, he was being talked about, and. Look, I, I've kind of said it all year long. As much as I believe in this program, you know, competing for ACC titles and national titles, that's the standard. That's what that's what's expected. That's what's required. Right now, the goal is just being a tournament team next year, because you weren't a tournament team this year, and you weren't a tournament team last year before the last game of the regular season. With Armando Baycott back in the fold, that seems a lot more feasible, a lot more attainable, because the way. The way that this was going, you didn't. It, it didn't look like that was going to happen. If we're just being honest, when you've lost all the guys that you've lost, you don't have the biggest class coming in of recruits. You know the portal. You never know what you're going to get out of that. If Carolina were to miss the tournament again, it would be a disappointment. But giving the talent that would that that has been lost and would have been lost if Baycott didn't come back, would have been a lot more understandable next year as opposed to this year. Which which is. For for Hubert Day, this is this is a huge move for Hubert Davis because if Hubert doesn't matter, if he missed the tournament next year, he's probably getting fired. Probably. So you the last needed... guy to miss the tournament back to back years didn't come back for a fourth. Shh. 
So he's 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 actually he's actually in the building today. That's we need fine. To keep that and down. I I would tell him that his firing would well, have been I mean, justified. It's it's, fa- it's it's facts. It's facts. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just messing around. But like, no, seriously, that that is that is massive for him. I I think. <laughs> You might have been able to put something together if you knew R.J. Davis was coming back, but we don't even know that at this point. So to get Armando back in the fold, I think that's huge because, I mean, do you agree with me on this? If he is healthy at 100% for a majority of the season and he can resemble what he looked like back as a junior a couple years ago, he he can almost – I'm not going to say he can single-handedly – turn this program back in the right direction, but with the help of a, a, another guy or two, he, he can be a massive part of that. Well, and that's why he's here, because he wants to be – this guy has the leadership and is is tough enough to handle all the ridicule that came this season, but still say, I'm going to come back and make it right. And in an era today where kids quit when the going gets tough – I, I mean, I tip my hat to him because – and I wouldn't have been mad if, if he moved on because he would never have transferred to go play somewhere else. Like, I don't think that was ever a possibility. It was just him moving on to be a professional basketball player or get ready for season four of Outer Banks. I don't know. But I wasn't going to be mad if he had left. But I'm dang sure glad he is back. And because this guy th- – this guy embodies everything that I still believe. He's the one current player that I look at and say, Coach Smith would want him on, you know, would have would have recruited him. Coach Williams would have recruited him because he embodies what the, it's about. The, it's about the team. It's about the program. This is the most decorated rebounder in the history of this program. No one's rebounded the ball better than Armando Baycott has, and he would trade every single one of those rebounds for a freaking banner. And that's what matters. I th- I think I think RJ is not it's not that. to the level of Armando Baycott. No, it's not. But I do think that RJ is probably and it, I mean, look, I got to be honest. We don't really know a lot of the younger guys. That goes into the argument of the fact that we didn't see him enough. But I think with those two, uh, to me, you there is there is no questioning. That to me, that R.J. Davis would would probably do the same thing. I he mean, feels like a Roy Williams point guard. He, I mean, he's right he was there. Was recruited by him, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it like it's it's just different. Yeah. Oh, it's de- it's it's he, different with like Armando. Said, this dude literally said in an interview, straight face, "I would die for this university." Well, I mean, was like, not kidding. You know, and that, I mean, I know he's. <laughs> You know, he was talking and maybe it was hyperbole or whatever. Well, yes, but, but I want still. guys that that's how much. That's how passionate they are. It should mean that much to you because all those things that Hubert Davis talks about that that also I believe in, that putting on that uniform, walking out of that tunnel, man, that means something. And if, if it doesn't mean something... We gotta find different kids. That that means them to Armando to Armando Baycott to put on that uniform, to walk out of that tunnel, to play on college basketball's biggest stage, to play in the greatest rivalry in sports, to compete in the ACC, to have a chance to go to the Final Four, to win a national championship. Because if you do that, you will be celebrated for life. He's already going to be celebrated for every time he shows up. Like, whenever his I'm Armando Baycott and I'm a Tar Heel hits the, the Smith Center video boards, it'll be like when we saw Marcus Page and Joel Berry. People are going to cry. 
but it's even more so if we can look at we can watch that video and then like we can with Joel Bear, we can point to a banner and say, You're also a national champion. And that's that's that that's what we're here for. Like we're here to watch this team compete and win national championships. Mm-hmm. And man, we fell flat on our face this year. And it it and I'll just be honest with you. It, it hurt. It no, it sucked. I have not I've lost more sleep this year than in my entire adult life watching this team play basketball. Well, that could also be because of your sleep apnea due to how much weight you've put on, which could also be blamed on the team. So, you no, know, I'm just kidding. No, this is the fat. first time, like, I mean, guys, I wasn't afraid to tell you after we lost Dontrez Styles, I was officially worried and concerned. Yep. And when we talk about the guy that who, who left, those concerns and those worries were even amplified because the stuff that's going on, even though Brendan Marsh can, you know, like I, I, I value his opinion as much as anybody's in the world. He, he knows his stuff. And I know this is the modern, this is modern college athletics. Players come and players go. It's still a hard pill to swallow when you see four guys leave. But, you know, as, as, as Armando Baycott comes back, it, it almost evens everything out in a lot of different ways. Like, Carolina's got a lot of work to do, and we'll talk about that here coming up. But having the big fella back, knowing I get to watch him one more year rebound a lot of misses. Like, I mean, I literally said on the air today, I'm excited to watch us shoot the three bad again because I love watching him rebound the ball. Like, dude, I love Jalen Washington. Okay, I love Will Shaver. I think those guys can be really good players here. But I wouldn't trade them next year for Armando Baycott. Uh, no, I would prefer they don't shoot as bad from three, though. That would that would be greatly appreciated if you could shoot a little bit better, help the man out. I will take Armando uh, just cleaning the defensive glass like he's a window washer in New York City. I mean, it's not bad, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I just I want him to make some shots, but I uh, the thing for for him, I I just I want to see him stay like fully healthy. The amount of times that he has rolled those ankles, man, and it just it, we we saw this year. Every time he did it, he just did not seem like the same player. Like, can, can we get can we get him just just a just a run of health here? Because look, he's probably going to go overseas and play in 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 a league. This is this is this is probably. The, la- the the biggest season of his career in his mind will be to now try to put this team on his back and really get put, put you know any any doubts that people have to rest and make sure that this basketball program is in a good spot in a spot at least similar to when he came in as a recruit that that's what I think his goal is mm-hmm. and so please for the love of God can we please just let him can we let him stay healthy basketball guys give us just give us that this year the good news is is that the one thing about missing the tournament was you got about a month's head start on rehab yeah and yeah. And, and stuff like that and so yes I, I I don't think he was healthy all year long he looked all from the very beginning um he's the type of guy that could afford to sit out some summer practices some even practices in the fall because having him on the court for 35 40 times a game is a a lot more important than him running practice in the summertime, but at least right now we have one known commodity back. 
And up until today, we did not have that because you had seen three players before today enter the portal, and today we saw a fourth. That guy was Puff Johnson. We'll break down and discuss his decision to leave Chapel Hill coming up next. But before, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you the latest offer we have from DraftKings. Then when we come back, like I said, we'll dive into Puff Johnson's decision to leave Chapel Hill. All that and more coming up next on the Four Corners Podcast, back after this message from DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays, parlays and odd boost all tournament long. So be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have. Whether you're betting on the Sweet 16 action like UConn and Arkansas, or maybe maybe in that Elite Eight matchup where the Final Four will be decided. You can do all that and so much more at DraftKings Sportsbook. Simply draft, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code TBPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code TBPN. Minimum age and and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all the good offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. So we had some good news. We're going to finish up with some not-so-great news as Puff Johnson did enter the transfer portal earlier earlier today in a decision that I didn't think upon the season coming to an end was a possibility. But when that USA Today article was published and his father made the comments about the teams you know, not going to the NIT and stuff like that, I think this became a reality that Puff Johnson was going to leave. And I think on the surface, as two guys that love Puff Johnson – Makes a lot of sense, right? Because this was a guy that we wanted to see more minutes from. From um, I told you guys in January that he should be a starter over Pete Nance. And that's still maybe something that I might have believed in because of how inconsistent Pete was even when he started playing well. I think what makes this decision all the more confusing is, okay, you lost Leaky Black to, you know, graduation and no more eligibility. Mm-hmm. But then you lose three forwards in McCoy, Dontres Styles, and Tyler Nickel. Who was going to play the wing? Like like you were basically Pup was was looking at a situation where there was no one else to play but him in that position. There are two starting jobs that are open. Like he was going to get minutes and a lot of them. And, you know, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews because a lot of Tar Heel fans say, you know, we couldn't stay healthy, all this type of stuff, which is very valid. But what you can't take away from him is that every time he was on the court, he played like his life depended on it. 
Like, he, he played with a level of energy, effort, and toughness that I think Hubert Davis wants all of his guys to embody. And I think this is where you look at this decision, and you you it's, it's, it's okay to have concerns about where the program is right now because you've lost an entire position group in three weeks, in less than three weeks to the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, look, I know it's the modern era, but when it's ev- when it's every guy – you're talking about every guy on the wing, stretch four or three, that is gone. Gone. That was on scholarship this year. The guy, as of right now, if you're projecting forward and you're saying Jalen Washington is not playing the four, we're not playing two bigs, we're not using him as a guy that can stretch the floor either, you will be playing four-star freshman Zayden High who was not even a full-time starter this past year at Compass Prep. Yeah. Like, and look, I'm that's not a slight at Jaden High. Don't don't get it wrong. He he has a lot of potential. He's a guy that will need time when he arrives on campus to develop. Having him be a guy that has to start right out of the gate not an ideal scenario. And as of right now, you don't have a, a, a typical wing player to put at the three. You will be playing three guards. You will have absolutely no choice but to play three guards. And that's well, far from an ideal situation. I mean, I wouldn't say that because you never know. I mean, like, Carolina's been busy in the portal. They were in. Well, no, no. But I'm saying literally as we sit here right now, today, if they don't land anybody from the portal because Lord knows every time we put – any time an article is written about a guy that Carolina is talking to, everybody fires back with we don't want that guy. Well, at some point, get folks, we you're going to have to look past – whether they're guys that are coming from mid-majors and you just don't trust that, guys that just didn't work out at other spots but you want to be critical of certain statistics, at some point one of these guys is going to have to suffice for you. There are there are other big names that will enter. Trust me, there were a few today that have already entered that we we looked at and said, okay, that could be one we should you know we should potentially look at. But as of right now. You have to be looking at some of these options and thinking, do they fit what we need, and are they better than some of the guys that are on our roster or at this point at that position, non-existent? You you need people. Like Oh yeah, they do. Kind of like we need girlfriends. When I when I look at Puff Johnson. Oh, Johnson's, I think they'll have a little bit of an easier job finding somebody though. When I look at Puff Johnson's decision to leave, I think this is twofold. I think this is part this is and I said this and I like Carolina has the one thing you don't want in your program when it, when reality it's two. I think there are questions and concerns about your head coach after the second year where he didn't establish a rotation and stuff like that. Mhm. I think this was a player issue, kind of like, kind of like Tyler Nickel, where and this sucks. Like I love Puff, we loved his brother. He is he, a Tar Heel legacy recruit, so it's kind of hard to see a guy that you know has ties and 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 connections to the program walk out the door. But I think when you go back and you look at you look at what his dad said about the NIT and stuff like that, they believe that Puff Johnson had more to offer for a guy that averaged a little over three points for his career and shot under 25% from three. So it's 
it didn't make sense why I, I it never made sense to me why he didn't play more than he did during the year but it made sense why he didn't have the you know a a a, a great role or a big role because he didn't shoot the ball very well like a lot like with 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 Leaky Black when Puff Johnson was on the court Carolina was playing 4 on 5 on offense that's really freaking hard to do in the ACC it's not an easy thing to do to play four on five. Mm-hmm. Ask the teams that are usually at the bottom of the conference. Carolina can do it because they're Carolina, but you go eleven and nine and you miss the NCAA tournament. And and so I'm still frustrated that his role wasn't bigger. But you could you could tell me why he didn't start. I wanted him to start more from an effort standpoint. I thought he he played harder. I thought he cared more than Pete Nance. Did he offer more on the court from a scoring standpoint? That answer is no. Well, and I mean, towards the end of the year, he wasn't really offering you more defensively, not because he wasn't playing hard defensively. Pete Nance, you saw some of the things he did late in the year in terms of rim protection that Puff Johnson just – that that just wasn't his game. So, I mean, look, the, the story to me with Puff is injuries. If he's not as banged up as he is – because here's the thing about the injuries. We saw, you know, most people – you know, and so they're actually, you know what? This is on me. I'm not crediting people enough. There are a lot of Toriel basketball fans that follow this team even into the offseason. Man, he had he had so many problems in, in every one of these offseasons. Remember this offseason? He he didn't get on the court until later on, almost right before the season started. Mm-hmm. He had those issues. And then in season, we saw multiple injuries from him. We saw years where he didn't start with the team. He, like, look at last year. Last year, we we thought, man, this this could be the year for him. He misses almost the first half of the season. He showed promise once he got onto the court, and we were hoping he could build on that this offseason. No, the the knee acted up on him again. He you know he missed some key time where you know when you're in practice, where you're learning, you're building your yourself as a player. And I think that's what it is. It's just all the injuries kept him from being able to develop, which sucks. I don't think that he was ever going to be his brother. Those thoughts were wild. You're talking about argue. I mean, I don't remember if he is the most accurate three-point shooter in program history, but he's right up there if he's not. Um, so expecting that from him was, was something that w- was just way overblown from fans. But to expect him to have a, a, a pretty big role, I think that was kind of where we were all at. And unfortunately, you know, the, the injuries just sort of derailed his career. But with that being said, if, it's, if, if people – I'm still seeing people say this. Well, he didn't get enough playing time. Really? Look at how many minutes he played off the bench, guys. Well, I, I mean – The I, other guys, you could argue that. Maybe you – like you said, you can maybe argue that he should have started – but here's the other here's the problem with that thinking. Remember, early in the year, still dealing with that knee. Then he goes out for a stretch in the middle of the season. Remember that the injury that he had came right after the game that he started against Louisville. Yeah. So like I get it, but it's hard like it, it's really hard to say, man, this dude should have been starting when you, even if you wanted to start him at certain points, he wasn't available to you. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I, I definitely think I definitely think that's that's correct. The thing about it, right? Like when Justin McCoy left, Justin McCoy is not an ACC caliber player. 
You won't see him go to the ACC. No, which is fine. He could go and thrive at a, at a mid-major. You know, Tyler Nickel, I think, is an ACC player because of the way he can score it. I don't really know about Dontre Styles. Like, the reason why— the, the offers would suggest that a lot of people believe he is. So, you know, we'll like, see. My, like, here's my thing with losing Styles and Puff. If Styles is from an area that Carolina goes to and plucks— like they, the only reason why they didn't get Brandon Egram is because of the NCAA investigation. If the NCAA wouldn't have still been hanging over the program's head, um, Brandon Ingram would have went to Carolina. That's why JP Togoto was forced out of the program was to get Brandon Ingram. So when you lose that guy, and then you lose a a, a guy who's a younger brother of a of a of a legacy player here, kind of like what Seth Trimble is to to JP Togoto, to me that's alarming. Um, because you don't see that happen here. You see it happen at other places. The thing about it, and I and I even tweeted this at Puff, something that, you know, I'm only going to encourage pod tweeting at players if it's positive, is that if he comes back, he'll he'll still forever be remembered at Tar Heel. Like, well, well, the lasting image of Puff Johnson will be him throwing up in the national title game, like giving that much effort that he was he was literally th- puking his guts out on the biggest stage in basketball. But when I see these guys leave, it does these transfers hit different because it it does make you question the culture. It does make you question who's in charge. And I'm not we're not in the business of firing Hubert Davis. That's not what is best for the program. If you if you fire him, you're going on a third coach in you know less than five years and there's no guarantee that like when when it happened with Doherty it was done with the assurance Roy Williams was coming back and you knew that the program was going to be okay it's not going to happen if if coach Davis gets fired there's no assurance that this program is going to be okay unless you go outside the family and uh I think I'm 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 telling you I'm at the point now these 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 people have gotten me to this point, and I would probably be there honestly. If they go outside the family, I will lose. I will lose it on here. Well, we're not we're not here to have that conversation today. But like when when this happens, it's 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 okay to question what's going on inside the walls of the Smith Center. And I, like I said, I think it's fifty fifty. I think some of it is they don't trust the coach, and I think some of it is the coach isn't getting what he wants. He wants from the player. Um, and this is why Armando Baycott staying is really important because he can be the anchor. He can be that stability force while the program overgoes a, ma- a makeover and an overhaul. And I've said this since Hubert Davis got hired. This was always going to happen after this year. Like when you looked at the roster and stuff like that, this was always going to happen. We just didn't think it was going to happen the way that it's happening. Well, especially the, after last year where you come within a rebound away from a national title, everybody comes back to go win the national title. And not only do you not do that, you don't even make the tournament that gives you a chance to do that. So this was always going to happen, folks. The other thing to remember is that nobody, nobody saw this coming with the way that the transfer portal is now. Like, dude, it, it caught us it caught us off guard when it happened in football. How many different people were in there. But man, basketball is the same. It's a smaller scale, and that's the thing. 
There are fewer players, so you're going to see more impact guys that end up leaving the, especially teams that don't make the tournament. Teams that do not make the tournament, you are going to see this year in and year out. It'll, it'll, it'll quiet down in future years because there will be guys. I don't know about the Toriel guys. Like like you said, I think Justin McCoy will probably get mid-major interest. I think Tyler Nickel, Dontrez Styles, and now Puff Johnson will probably get major conference offers somewhere along the line. So for them, they probably don't have to worry about it. But there are other guys that will enter the portal and will not have a seat when the music stops. And they will, their careers will come to an end because of that, because there are already an insane amount of guys in the transfer portal. So that this is part of this is just the nature of the beast, too, where in the modern era, especially with NIL, where teams can offer money, where we know that teams are talking to players when they are still on teams, we know that's happening. It's there's no rule against it, so they can do it. You know that there are guys, hey, you're not playing a lot? Well, come over here. We can hook you up with a good NIL package, and you know, we'll, we'll, you'll be able to play more. Yeah. So you know that's out there. So, I mean, it's just you're navigating. It's, again, it goes into what I talked about with Hubert Davis taking over when he did. He is going through he, – he is – a first-time head coach in the most difficult era of college basketball to navigate. It's an era that now, if if you're looking at it, and I mean, the first guy, take it for what it's worth, Jim Beheim really didn't retire on his own. He was kind of forced out. But you're talking now about Roy Williams, Coach K, Mike Bray, who's up there, who, who for as of right now, is stepping away and is I mean he, we don't know if he is coming back. He uh, eventually people think he might, but we don't know if he's actually coming back. And there will be many many others that will be joining here in the near future of these coaches that look, they were getting up there in age, it was probably coming at some point, but more than likely a big part of why they stepped away, if they admit it eventually or not, who knows is because of the nature of the sport. Yeah, and it's just something that again, I'm not against I'm not against players being able to make money. That should they should have never been prohibited from it. I'm not against players being allowed to transfer. Maybe you can have a conversation about do they need to sit out a year or something like that. Maybe that's a conversation. But if if coaches can leave, I do believe players should be able to leave. It's still it's still a hard pill to swallow when it's happening here at the rate that it's happening here. And one day it'll be normal. That day isn't today. And it's it's not that day when back to back years you're losing legacy guys. And, and look, when Ryan McAdoo left, it made a whole lot of sense. Because he wasn't even a rotational player here at Carolina. But I still valued and still believe that putting on that uniform means something. And for a guy like Puff Johnson, I thought it, it meant that he had a great opportunity this upcoming year to have the role he wanted to have and be the type of player he wanted to be. But unfortunately, if that's going to happen, that's going to happen for him somewhere else outside of Chapel Hill. But at least today we can hang our hat on knowing we've got a double-double on in our lineup next year 
that being in the form of Armando Baycott. And uh, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Man, it felt really great to get back on here and talk some Carolina basketball with you guys. You would think we've been going away for like a couple of months, but there was a stretch where we did a podcast every night for like five or six straight nights, it felt like. And it, it, so, it's beautiful. I love. Oh, talk, I love it. Love talking about this team, love talking about this program, even, in, even, even when we're down in the Valley. You know, it, it's still like when we're being up there on top of the mountain. And so um, with that, guys, we do encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We have you covered with the Armando Baycott and the Puff Johnson news. Go back, check out those articles. We'll be getting something up about players in the portal that Carolina should go after, as well as continue coverage of guys that they offer and, and if, if they were to land a transfer portal commit and all that jazz, all that coverage and more. That's HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball offseason. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!